Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. How you doing, ladies and folks? Daryl Prell here for another episode of Inside Inside Sales, the only podcast where you get real, actionable, tactical, pragmatic advice for the sales development professional. We are excited to have you here for another episode. This one's going to be fun. Let me tell you what I've done here, folks. I've actually lassoed the CEO of Vanilla Soft, who, full disclosure, happens to be my boss. And I thought we'd have a little, let's call it therapeutic sharing between two individuals, he and I, who get pitched on a very regular basis from all you sales development professionals out there via phone, via email, via social, and share with you the things that we find ineffective and uh, perhaps that do not achieve your goal of trying to establish a rapport with us and in fact might even be counterintuitive might do the opposite so for clarity this is not for lack of a better word a bitch session we're not here to complain because like you we have a sales organization who are tasked with certain activity levels and need to engage and find and close business all we want to do is share with you our thoughts, our reactions, so that you yourselves can perhaps adapt if you're guilty of some of these tactics and talk amongst yourself about how would you do that. If you have some ideas, please go to LinkedIn and share the episode and give us your thoughts on it. Of course, we'll be watching for it. Um, but with no further ado, let me introduce to you David Hood. David, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Daryl. Thanks so much for asking me on. All right. Well, I'm excited to have you on. And the genesis of this is that he and I, as often do, because our offices are actually side by side. We shared feedback on, you got to check out this email. You got to hear this voicemail. You know, oh my gosh, can you believe this is happening? If I get one more of those, I'm going to, I'm going to scream. We thought we'd break this up in kind of three sections today. Those outreach attempts we receive via email. Those attempts we get via LinkedIn. And those attempts we get via telephone. David, if I have to give you a choice of um, email or phone where I'll ask you some questions, where do you want to start? Well, tell you what, why don't we start with email, uh, even though it maybe shouldn't be. I think that is a channel that's probably used more often even by SDRs now. So uh, let's start there. All right, so let's do email. So on the email front, let's start with some of the stuff top of mind that you get that perhaps are not achieving the sales rep's expectations when you, as a buyer who has authority and need and budget, uh, receive them. Actually, there are several that are top of mind. So let's start with the first one. And before that, let me just give a little bit of context. Because when you talked about appearing on the show, I was thinking, boy, there are actually a number of ways to successfully reach out to me. And it might be hard for me to sit down and actually tell you, here's how to successfully do it. Because there's a lot of roads that can lead there. But one thing I did realize is that there's certain ways of making sure that you're not going to be successful. And that's kind of why uh, this little list and what we're going to go over in today is because I realized that if you do these things, then there's a guarantee. So again, lots of ways to get to success, but you want to make 
awfully sure, at least in dealing with me, and I imagine each individual is different, that you don't close the door right at the beginning. So if we start off with email, I'll be honest, I think the first issue that I have is when I receive an email, I've gone through the first line, the second line, the third line, and it's all niceties, which is fine, someone being polite, but this is someone I don't know. And all I'm wondering is, why am I reading this email? And to be quite honest, if I manage to get down to the third line of an email and I'm still asking myself, why am I reading this email? Then the question is already answered and I quit reading that email. So I would say one of the number one things is get to the point. I want to know why am I even reading this email? And if I can't get there within the first two or three lines, I'm not going to bother continuing. So let's drill down on that. What is it that they're you see routinely happening that makes the email so long? I mean, are they doing the pleasantries? Hi, how are you? Yada, yada, yada. I mean, what is it that you're seeing? So there's a few things I see. So one, I do see people doing the pleasantries. Hey, it's great to reach out to you. I've seen this and that about you. Of course, I already know that about me, so I don't need someone else telling me. Um, another thing they'll often do is they'll be throwing out things about the company. I see that Vanilla Soft does this and that. Well, I already know that. I, I don't need someone writing me to tell me what Vanilla Soft does. What I want to know is, what are you going to do for Vanilla Soft? And actually, in some ways, I'm thinking about it. I uh, was, was talking to my son the other day about his CV and, and an interview he had coming up. And one of the things I was telling him was people don't really want to know how I can help you or about themselves. They want to know how are you going to help me. And in a way, a, a, an email and I guess a phone call. These are interviews. You are trying to tell the person as quickly as possible, why should you be speaking with me? Why should you be reading about me? So treat it that way. It isn't all about you. It's all about them and what you can do for them. It's interesting because I know if I look at LinkedIn, and I won't get to that section in a little bit, one of the things we talk about is always establishing a rapport before you do the pitch which a little bit is what they're trying to do with you. They're trying to establish an, a, a rapport. Hi, how are you? This is what I do. I see Vanilla Sauce been here doing that. Congrats. You know, you guys having some success. That for you is a distraction because you're busy and you just don't have time. You want to resolve this and move on to the next task, I assume. Well, it's interesting that you talk about LinkedIn, for example. That's probably why they call that social selling. So there is a social aspect to it. For me, email is not social. Email is just a communications channel. It's one we're inundated with. So that's not my place to become social, and especially not to become social with someone that I don't know at all, potentially with a company I don't know at all. Again, they're reaching out to me unexpected, and that's fine. I've actually gotten into some great conversations and found some fantastic products through cold calls and cold emails. But again, I want to know right off the bat, because I'm going to have 10 or 15 of these today, why am I reading this email? If I can't figure that out within the first two to three lines, I'm gone. So now the sales rep is sitting here listening to this. And they're saying, but studies have shown we personalize the email will have a higher chance of conversion. So by me personalize that and saying, I've done my homework on Vanilla Sops and I know what you are and I'm, I'm intentionally drawn to attention so that you know I've researched you. Therefore, you're special. This is not a template. This is not a uh, email blast. You're saying doesn't matter. Actually, no, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying, what does personalization mean? At least for me, personalization means you've done enough work to identify why I'm going to care. Once again, personalization isn't showing me you've been to my website. It's showing me you've been uh, to my website and you've identified 
how you can help me. Right. That's personalization. So if I can run with that, are you suggesting, let's say somebody emailed you versus emailed me, they would say, hey, David, I understand you're accountable to the shareholders and hitting corporate objectives, whatever. Whereas with me, maybe, hey, Daryl, I understand you're accountable for demand generation and awareness and development, et cetera. So it speaks to me and my role. Is that what you're getting at? I guess in a way, but do you really need someone writing you to tell you what you're responsible for? So if they're writing to tell you, here's what I can do for you, and what they're asking, what they're saying they can do for you addresses things that you actually need to accomplish – that's where you win. If someone's just telling you, hey, I understand that you're responsible for driving more leads and doing this, and they give a nice rote thing about what a marketing person should be doing, again, if you're in the first three to four lines on that, what's the use? The question is, how are they going to help you do that? So therefore, in that example, and because you are responsible for lead generation, this email relates to specifically how I can help you with that. Bing, bang, boom. Exactly. All right. So context, why we're having this conversation. Okay. So I love that one. Don't waste my time because it's true. We all skim. And if you're listening to this, you know it's true. You skim as much as we do because you have a huge volume of get through every single day. Next on your list. So the next on my list is one thing we have to remember when we're reaching out to people. And as you mentioned, we as a company do it ourselves and we actually are, are involved in producing software to help people do this. But that first outreach, we may be catching the person at the wrong time. We're probably going to be trying them again in a couple of months. We're probably going to be trying them again in a year. The other thing is I think people have to be careful about how they continue their follow-up so that they don't shut off potential possibilities later on down the road. So one of the things that absolutely drives me crazy is if I don't answer an email and I feel there's no obligation to answer a cold email unless I'm interested. I don't need to tell somebody no thank you when I didn't ask them to actually ask me something in the first place. When I get an email and one of the really common ones is a first line of, hey, I'd just like to push this back up to the top of your inbox. Right. So it's not the first email. This is a subsequent so email. This is a subsequent email and I can get two, three or four of these. The fact is, if I didn't answer it, it's probably because I didn't want to answer it at this point. I might actually go search it out in a couple of weeks, or it might be re you might reach back out to me again in two months. You might be hitting me at the right point in the buying cycle. One thing I can guarantee, and, and maybe because I've got a pretty good memory, is I remember who's done this to me. It drives me crazy, and I will not deal with people that are actually openly admitting that all they're trying to do is to keep on top of my inbox, even though I'm not answering them. So for me, that one absolutely drives me crazy and it's going to ruin the chance of doing future business the number one thing that goes through my mind every time i get those emails you know i'm pushing this to the top uh not sure you saw this message um whatever it might be is no i saw it and and i didn't reply then and this is going to change i'm just not going to reply now ironically when i get that for the fourth or fifth time i finally just say not interested boom done Right. Yeah. And I actually and, and this may be uh, because I'm a bit stubborn. I'll, I'll dig my heels in and actually refuse to answer at that point. That actually leads me, though, to another little pet peeve of mine, that email that you receive. And this is maybe the third or the fourth one where they finish it by saying, hey, if you want me to quit sending you emails, please just respond. Or even cuter, sometimes they'll put, you know, one, you're, you're drowning in your bathtub. Two, you're not interested right now, but will be later. Three, you know, and four is, please just stop emailing me. I'm not interested. I shouldn't have to answer. I have no problem people sending me emails, pitching me on products. I'll judge whether or not there's an interest. But to then have someone put a feeling that I'm obligated to tell them to quit sending me unsolicited emails, 
once again, I think for salespeople, if this had no impact later on, then you just go, well, you know, what does it matter? If he's not interested, he's not interested. This isn't going to change anything. I think what you have to be really careful in is that when you're back to that person six months from now, and, and there are products I'm not interested in today, or, you know, I'm in the wrong mood to be able to be thinking about those things. But if someone reaches out in a month or in six months, the situation has changed and I may well be open to that product. But once again, I'll do a quick scan of my emails. I always do that just to see. And, and Google's fantastic, right? You uh, usually have about 70,000 saved emails. You know what you've been sent. And if I see that this particular person has been doing that to me, I will not deal with them. I guess the message here is more, you have to be really careful about leaving the door open and not ruining your reputation for future follow-up. So now the rebuttal to that, I've heard it many times before, I've talked to many reps about this, is they're going to say to you, I understand that you don't like that. But I can tell you when I do that, and I do those, you know, not sure if you saw this or, you know, here are your options because you've gone silent, that every single time a percentage of people will respond and will respond affirmatively, not negatively. And that's all I care about. So I actually don't care if I frustrate you. I don't care if you ignore me. I don't care if I make you angry because I'm playing a numbers game. Nothing personal. That is an approach, but I think that there's a way of doing it that's not going to turn off people like me. And once again, every buyer's individual, and that's that's what makes sales so hard, right? In some ways, is every buyer is an individual. Everyone can react differently. But I think when you're playing the numbers game, you want to try and make sure you're addressing the largest number possible. I think there are ways of doing that that aren't going to shut off those people later on. And part of what you have to understand, folks, is that we talk to each other. So we know you ping David and you ping me and you ping my V of sales we actually share the emails amongst ourselves for a couple reasons one it's comical two we're like hey did you get this one and it's so often we do three is to make sure our people aren't doing that you know so we do share them and i assume you know this but if you don't just so you know now one of the ones that i get frustrated on and i actually chastised an individual on this one yesterday and and i i find as i'm aging i'm getting more blunt sorry folks which is uh, this fellow give them full marks, had reached out to me multiple times, and he had respected me. I said, you know, I'm not interested right now, maybe in the future. He pinged me again. He goes, is now a good time? This is like three months later. And ironically, it was. And I said, yeah, now's a good time. And he sends me an email that says, fantastic. Use the link to pick a time on my calendar. Do you get those? I do get those, and they drive me crazy. Drive me nuts. I responded to him, and I said, dude, seriously, Nobody likes this. It's well discussed. It's well chronicled. You've just gotten my attention after multiple attempts. And now you're saying to me, you may not realize you're saying that your time is more valuable than my time. And I need to make sure I work my time around your time. I don't work that way. And within minutes, of course, I had a very apologetic email back. I'm sorry. That was what I meant to do. And I know it was. I know it wasn't malicious, but it's lazy. Give me some time options or simply ask me for me for some time options. Don't force me to go hunt and peck around your calendar because I just feel like right away, and this is going to sound bad, I feel like the power is all with you. And, and if this is going to work, we're going to be in a negotiation at one point in time. And I'm not starting off this relationship with you in control. It's just the way it works. Yeah, I hate getting emails where I don't have the option. I enjoy having the option of clicking, going to their calendar and picking the time. But if that's the only option presented, it really does make me think, well, I guess your calendar is more important than mine. I like it when someone either sends me a couple of suggested times and then, or if you prefer, 
or ask me what times work for you, that really makes me think that they're going to work around me and around my schedule and that they care about it. So again, it's, it's not so much a power trip. It's really more of you're trying to it's overcome an obstacle and yeah. a barrier. Do you really want to start it by forcing someone to click, go to your calendar, and then find out what works best for you? I don't think it leaves the right impression. I agree. All right. So with that, we're going to take a small little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about LinkedIn, and we're going to talk about the telephone, which many of you just resist like you wouldn't believe, but some of you have great success with it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them. And they're only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is an engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more by ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that's optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. Okay, and we're back. So the next up, I'm going to bail on email. I know you probably got more there, but we're going to bail because of time. We're going to go to LinkedIn, and uh, and I'll lead the conversation on this. I've had many conversations about this. I actually just posted a video not too long ago on my LinkedIn uh, profile. If you don't follow me, folks, Daryl Prell, LinkedIn, follow me. And it's got massive, massive, massive traction, and it sparked a lot of conversation because what I did was – I went through and I actually spent five minutes, you know, filming and voicing it over and editing a new picture to make a point to educate folks to say, when you send me a pitch, you're an unknown entity to me and you reach out to me and you pitch me uh, or you keep on pitching me. This is what I do. And I walked through it and I said, I, I, I do an assessment. Do you have street cred? Blah, blah, blah. And I showed you exactly where I go and look. One of the things I made there and I'll bring it up here now is when I get somebody who I don't know reaching out to me and immediately pitching me. So it's on an in-mail or it's in a connection request. So they're not even trying to mask it. I am just a transaction to them. They're not trying to foster a network relationship that we can both gain from. This is 100% about them. That's not LinkedIn. LinkedIn is, as you said, David, social Media, social first. It's relational first. And every single leader in the space says not to do that. Get so many people, and I've talked to them at length. I've called them out on it. I've had great conversations. They get indignant, and they're like, it's a networking platform. Therefore, it's business. This is business. I don't get why you're so uptight about it. I'm like, dude, I'm not uptight. I'm just telling you, I'm not going to react to you because I don't like it. If there's an implied social protocol, you're breaking it. And because of that, don't get upset when I don't respond. I'm just trying to give you some positive feedback so you can gain moving forward. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And I do not, will not engage in any deals that start off with the initial, hey, I sell this on LinkedIn. I find that almost like the equivalent of going to your local chamber of commerce event. You're, you know, you're sipping your drink. Someone comes up, taps on your shoulder, says, hey there, I'm David Hood. 
By the way, who do you use for your life insurance? I can offer oh you these gosh. policies. Are you going to want to talk to that person? And I agree with you. We talked about the distinction between email and LinkedIn. LinkedIn is social. Email it is transactional. I know I'm getting an email not because someone wants to get involved in a long conversation. Someone is proposing something. That's great. That's what I'm getting the message for. That is not what LinkedIn is supposed to be about. So I agree 100%. The worst for me is the double whammy. The link request, hey, you know, let's link on, on LinkedIn. And then as soon as you accept, you get that whammy of the big yes. message saying, hey, by the way, we do uh, outsource development for this company. We can help this and that. Uh, you know, why don't we talk? It's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. The first thing I do when that happens is I actually go unfollow them. It's like, wow, you didn't even wait. So the other thing is, if you are in my network and you send me a reasonable connection request, hey, Daryl, we're in the same community. Let's connect, right? Or we follow the same people. Great. I'll connect. I'll, I'll accept you. And if I get the old follow on message that says, can I just have 15 minutes in your calendar? All right. Or can we get together to talk about your Q2 goals and objectives? A couple of things come to mind. One, it's a template, guys. We know it's a template. We know you're using tools to do that. And you've not even taken the time out to change it. You're just literally using that over and over again. We're on to you. It's not rocket science. And again, you're hitting us up way too soon. Develop a relationship with us first. Contribute to the conversations. When you keep on hitting us up that way, you lose all credibility. Ironically, Gaetano Donardi just did a video on this where he took eight of the top lines we get like those lines and he went to a shopping mall and he walked up to complete strangers and said hi my name's Gaetano can I get time on your counter for 15 minutes to talk about your Q2 objectives and it was a parody this video went on for five minutes and it was almost painful to watch it was so funny to see people's reactions that's what you're doing and it doesn't work stop doing it and that video has had over like i said five hundred thousand views at the time of the recording of this why does it have so many reviews because you're all doing it and we're all getting it and it just doesn't help your cause personalize it give us context it goes back to the email that you said at the start you know why are you reaching out to me why do i care you know how can you help me that's a far better story than i have 15 minutes in your calendar I agree 100%. All right, so let's go on to the phone now. So what are you, some of your top pet peeves on the phone? So, you know, I'm going to leave with my first one, which is, and, and let's face it, when, when you're doing cold calling or, or warm calling, most calling today is to leads that have some type of qualification, whether it be in the right industry, right titles and that. It's not, it's not like it used to be. But those first 10 seconds are really important. So for me, most of these pet peeves are going to relate back to the same thing I said about email, which is, why am I on this phone call? And how are you going to help me understand why I'm going to stay on this phone call? When I pick up the phone and the first thing that someone says to me is, hey, do you have just a minute to talk? I'll be honest. I'm thinking when I pick up the phone, I'm assuming I'm going to probably be talking. So if I picked it up, chances are I do not, you know, my hair's not on fire or I don't have to run out of the building in the next 60 seconds. So you can pretty much assume that if someone bothered answering your call, it's because they know that the next 60 seconds to 120 seconds are free. That's not the question. The question is, are they going to give them to you? It's funny. Uh, Benjamin Dennehy on LinkedIn posted a video recently where he was being filmed, and this was sprung on him. They were talking about what he does. And Benjamin is a big uh, telephone advocate. Not everybody is. I get that. But he is. And so he was being challenged on this. And then finally, they, they forced him to do it. So they handed him a cell phone. They said, you know, put the phone to your lapel mic that he was wearing because he was mic'd up and uh, call this person. 
And he was like, now? Yep, now. So he calls him. And the video is phenomenal. Again, at the time of this recording, he has well in excess of 100,000 views because he actually goes through exactly what you're saying. And he, in the end, I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert, he actually gets a hold of the individual, qualifies them, and secures an appointment all within a handful of minutes. The first thing he said, to your point, David, was not, hi, how are you? I'm Benjamin Dennehy. He doesn't even introduce himself. He doesn't say, do you have five minutes or two minutes? He doesn't do any of that. He simply says, hi, I'm going I'm to be totally transparent with you. This is a sales call. Can I have 30 seconds of your time? And if you don't like it after 30 seconds, we'll just agree to part ways and I won't waste any of your time. So he put it right out there right away. There's full disclosure. And the fellow was like, sure, you know, what is it you want to talk about? I want to talk about, you know, sales. And he sets it all up. You know, is sales a problem? He keeps bringing it back to the point. Yep, sales is a problem. Great. What's the problem about? Well, is it, you know, I normally see it's A or B or C. Well, actually, in this case, this problem was D. I already talked about D. At the end of 30 seconds, which is probably already a minute or a minute and a half, he said, okay, my 30 seconds are up. Do you want to keep on talking or not? And so it was amazing. He made sure that he was fully transparent. He wasn't trying to hide it. In fact, at the minute mark, the guy finally said, I'm sorry, what's your name? Oh, I'm sorry, my name is Benjamin. So he he was all business. And I think people like, just be transparent. Don't try to fool me. Don't try to, you know, be disingenuous. We all know the game. We know that you've got something to sell and we know I might want it or not. And if I give you a no, but it's an educated no, you can move on and make your next call. Agree 100%. And that kind of leads into the next thing that I find is how do you use, again, those first 10 to 15 seconds? So I find that a lot of people that uh, reach out to me, they start off with too many niceties, honestly. And hey, I'm a Canadian, been born and raised to constantly be polite. But when I pick up that phone and I don't know who's calling and they're asking me, the first thing they're saying is, hey, how are you doing today? I'm pretty sure they weren't calling just to find out how I'm doing. And in fact, honestly, I know they don't really care. So you've just wasted, again, those 10 seconds. And like you said, I guess sometimes it almost leaves you the impression that someone is trying to give you the impression that they're not really calling to sell you. And that doesn't work. I actually like that, the, the approach of being up front, explaining, hey, this is why. And if you don't want to stay on the call, don't stay on the call. You're the one in control, not me. But... You might miss something if you don't stay on that call. So, again, getting to the point, why are you calling and why should I care? If I can't tell why I should care within that first 15 seconds, and 15 seconds is not a long time, but it's amazing how much you can deliver in that, but not if you're spending half that time asking the person how they are, talking about the weather, hey, just see the game. And honestly, one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone says, hey, how are you doing? And I'm there, I'm fine, and you, because we're all raised to make sure we ask back in return. And they're there, oh, I'm great, thank you so much for asking. I really was just being polite. That one absolutely drives me crazy. And you know what? It just wasted another three seconds. Agreed. All right, we have time for maybe one more phone complaint. Do you have any handy? You know what? I'd run one more pass, and you almost kind of raised it earlier, is this is a business call. We don't know each other. I'm not your buddy. I'm not your pal. Hey, we might become friends. You never know if this goes well, but I don't know you. So things like calling me pal, man, (laughs) dude, dude, buddy, it's not working for me. So think about it again. If I was out at a chamber of commerce and someone I don't know at all walks up to me, slaps me on the shoulder. Hey, dude, how you doing? I'm going to be going, what is this? 
It doesn't work any better on the phone. This is a business call. You're trying to start a relationship. You're not already in one. Treat it that way. All right. So there you have it. We just spent the last, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes talking about the things we get every single day and how we react to them. So it wasn't meant to complain. As I said at the start, it wasn't meant to bitch. It wasn't meant to make you feel bad. It was meant to make you aware. Now, you can choose to keep on doing this if you're doing this. That's your choice. No one's stopping you, all right? But, and you can argue with me and say, I have success. And if you're happy with your, your efforts, don't stop. But if you're not happy, and something we said here resonated with you, then let's carry on the conversation. Reach out to us on LinkedIn, and we'll carry on the conversation about what you should be doing. With that, guys, gals, and everybody in between, I'm Daryl Prale. I've had a fantastic time talking to you today. Thank you so much, David. I had fun. Well, thank you very much, Daryl. Thanks to everyone for listening. All right. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this. Stay tuned for another episode of Inside Inside Sales. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft. <laughs>